The following sermon was delivered to Christ Central Church in order to further our knowledge and adoration of who God is. We pray that it displays the hope found in Christ and strengthens your faith in Him. Well, we are in a, the final week of a five-week series that, that we've been doing on our core values as a church. Um, authentic worship, doctrinal depth, covenant membership, a culture of grace, and then a missional heart, missional heart. So that's, that's our final one this morning. Our text this morning, obviously, is, is Psalm 67. Psalm 67. So if you have a copy of God's Word, would you, would you join me there? To the choir master with stringed instruments, a psalm. A song. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. That your way may be known on earth and your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. This morning we want to look at this text and consider from it what it means for our church and for you personally and for me personally to have a missional heart. There's three things that we want to see this morning from the text. And so if you're a note taker, these will be our our outline this morning. The first is our prayer. Our prayer. The second thing is God's purpose. And the third thing is the nation's praise. Our prayer, God's purpose, and the nation's praise. The Psalms in general are songs. That's that's what they mean. These These are worship songs written for people, for congregations to sing to the Lord. But these these songs take many different forms. And this song in particular is important to note that this song, this psalm at its its heart is a prayer. It's a prayer. You, You see that in the very opening line of the psalm itself. May God be gracious to us and bless us. And make his face to shine upon us. You, you see from these, these words, this, this request, that this is from the heart of the psalmist in the form of a song. It's a prayer. It's a prayer for God's blessing. God, may you be gracious to us. May you bless us. May your face shine 
upon us. This is the, this is the request from the psalmist to God in the form of this supplication or this prayer. Now, some of this language, hopefully, is um, familiar to you. This language of blessing, specifically this language of God's face to shine upon us every Sunday. We close our service together with a, a benediction. And it is the, the blessing of Aaron that is found in Numbers chapter 6. Where it is, it is prayed over Aaron. May God bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And so the psalmist is hearkening back to this, this, this ironic, that's the, the term for it, the, the blessing of Aaron. But, but this, this blessing isn't the, the normal kind of blessing that I think most people think of when we think of the blessings of God. I think most people, when we stop and we pause to pray, if we do at all, that our request from God is His blessings in some form of success. God, would you make me successful in whatever this endeavor is? Would you provide for these physical needs? But that really isn't the heart of, of this prayer. This prayer is that God would bless us by being gracious to us in making His face shine upon us. That's, that's the, the prayer for this, this blessing. That, that God would be gracious and bless us by making His face shine upon us. Now, it's interesting language of this, this shining face. Would you make your face shine upon us? We don't, we don't use that sort of, of language today. Um, but here's the way to, to understand this, this request, God, would you be gracious? Would you bless us? Would your face shine upon us? What, what the writer means when he says, may your, your face shine upon us. A, a shining face is sort of the, the opposite of an angry or a scowling face, right? Um, what, what the psalmist is requesting of God and what, what the blessing on Aaron, the request was there, that God would find favor on us. That's, that's, that's this, may His face shine upon us. Would God find favor on us? Would His, His face be upon us? Not turned from us in anger, anger. Not looking at us in dismay or rage. But God, would you, by your grace, turn towards us and be towards us in a, a friendly, personal relationship? That's, that's this, God, would your face shine upon us? Would, would we experience, God, from you, your favor? Would we receive from you a, a friendly disposition? Would we get from you, O oh God, love, 
and live in the light of your glory. So the psalmist prays, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his, shape, his face shine upon us. Notice as well, the us. May God be gracious to us. Who is the us? I mean, this is specific language here. Who is the us? Well, we just, it's always helpful to, to do your best never to read yourself into the scriptures. The, the us here is specific, and the, the us here is Israel. It's the psalmist praying and asking that God would be gracious and God would bless and God would make His face shine upon the people of God. Israel, in the Old Testament, the, the chosen people of God, may God be gracious to His people. That's the prayer. May God be gracious to His people. May He bless them by making His face shine upon Him. That's the request. That's the prayer. Now, I think that's probably a, a very common request, a common prayer. But, but and, it, and it, it's important, and that's a prayer we should all ask. But that really isn't the consequential part of this prayer. Because the, the reality is, is that the prayer isn't only for their blessing and their good as the people of God. But the prayer is, the heart of the, the psalmist is, God, would you bless us? So that, so that the nations would be blessed. That's the request. God, would you bless us so that the nations would be blessed? And this request, this, this supplication, this prayer is firmly rooted in the covenant of Abraham. When the psalmist says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face to shine upon us that Your way may be known on the earth, Your saving power among all the nations. The psalmist is rooting this request firmly in the promises of God made to, to Abraham. God had already gone on record that His purposes, God's purpose was to make for Himself a people and to bless them so that through them all of the nations would be blessed. This is the, the covenant of Abraham. This is what, what starts this whole move of God in forming for Himself a people. Genesis chapter 12, God speaks. Now the Lord said to Abram, he's a pagan living in Ur, and out of nowhere, God speaks and says, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great. There, there it is. I will bless you. I will make from you a people, and I will bless you. 
so that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you, all of the families of the earth shall be blessed. And this is exactly what God is doing. This is God's purposes. Notice their prayer is firmly aligned with His purpose. God, would you bless us so that through us, the entire world would come to know you. This is the purpose of God. That all the nations would know His saving power. This was the covenant with Abram. This is the prayer of the psalmist. And this is the covenant and this prayer that we saw in our studies in Hebrew that has now been fulfilled, totally fulfilled in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That to to Abraham, there would be an offspring, there would be a seed who would bless the nations. And that offspring, that promised son, is Jesus Christ our Lord. And all of the promised covenant purposes of God to Abram. And all of this prayer of the psalmist to God to bless them so that they could be a blessing has now been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. How has God blessed us? How has He blessed us by being gracious to us? By making His face to shine upon us? How has God blessed us by being in a friendly relationship with us? God has done this through Jesus Christ. He is the fulfillment of the covenant with Abraham. He is the blessing of Aaron. He is the prayer of the psalmist. Galatians chapter 3 says that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree, so that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, that's us church, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. So God's plan was that all the peoples of the world would come to know Him. That they would be blessed. And so in order to make His purposes and His plans sure, He chose the people of Israel as His own. And He made a covenant with them that they would be blessed. And that in their blessing, they would be a blessing to all the peoples of the world. And God fulfilled this covenant when Jesus Christ, the seed of Abraham, fulfilled all of the necessary righteousness and died for sin and rose again so that now anyone who believes on Him from any of the peoples on the earth can become a child of Abraham and inherit the blessings of Abraham and so be blessed by the blessing of Israel. So the Abrahamic covenant is being fulfilled every single time someone trusts. In Christ. Every time. 
Every time someone trusts in the gospel of Jesus Christ, the promises made to Abraham that God would bless the nations is fulfilled every time. And so this is the prayer of the psalmist. God, would you bless us? Would you bless us? Would you be gracious to us? Would you find favor on us so that the whole world would be blessed? That's the psalmist's prayer. And this blessing, this blessing of the whole world comes in the form of the nation's praise. Verse 3, let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. This is the, this is the prayer of the psalmist. God, would you bless us? Would you be gracious to us? Would you make your face shine upon us so that the world would know your ways, so that the world would see your saving power? God, would you, by your grace, would you bless us so that all the peoples would praise you? Every tongue, every tribe, would praise you. God, bless us so that through us, every tribe, tongue, and nation would praise you. That's the prayer. Do do we pray like that, church? Is that what we're asking for? Or are we just a little short-sighted and selfish and, oh Lord, would you bless us so that we can pay these bills? Oh God, would you bless us so that we could receive these promotions. Oh God, would you bless us so that this would go well for us? Or do we have a missional heart that says, God, would you bless these people here so that through us, the nations would praise you? John Piper has has famously said that missions exists because worship doesn't. Missions exists because worship doesn't. We must be a blessing to the nations because the nations don't yet praise Him. If all the nations praised Him, if all the peoples praised Him, then there is no need for missions. But they don't yet praise Him. And so we pray, God, would you bless us and be gracious to us and make your face shine upon us so that through us the nations would know your ways so that they would see your saving power. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. You see, the nations don't yet praise Him because they don't yet know Him. God's praise among the nations is directly tied in this psalm to their knowledge of Him. So here's the flow. God, would you bless us so that your way may be known on the earth. Look at it. Verse 2. May God be gracious to us and bless us, make His face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on the earth. 
let the nations praise you. How do the nations praise him? The nations praise him by knowing his ways. And so what is it that the psalmist says would be known of God because of these blessings of Christ? What is it that the nations need to to know? Well, the the psalmist lets us in on um, four things really quickly. The first is that God wants to be known among the nations as the only true and living God. Verse 3, let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Church, this is specific. This is not, this is not God. Let the nations praise whatever they think is God. This is not, let the peoples praise whatever they've been told is God. No, this is, let the peoples praise you, O God. And when an Israelite says that, he is being very specific. Isaiah chapter 45, the Lord says to his people that I am the Lord and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. I equip you, though you do not know me, that people may know from the rising of the sun from the west that there is none besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other. So when the psalmist says, let the peoples praise you, O God, he does not pray. May all the nations become sincere worshipers of their God since all gods are one. No. May they come to know, may the nations come to know you, O God, as the one and only true and living God. There is only one. A second thing he wants the nations to know is that he is, that God is a God of justice. Look at verse 4. Let the nations be glad and let them sing for joy. What is it that causes the nations to to be glad? What is it that makes their, their songs of joy rise? It is that God is a God of justice. For you... Judge the peoples with equity. You judge the peoples with equity. Church, this is cause for celebration. This should cause the nation's praise. When they come to see the one and true living God, He is a just and righteous God. And when He comes as judge, He shows no partiality. He doesn't show partiality on ethnicity. He doesn't show partiality on intellect. He doesn't show partiality on affluence. He doesn't show partiality on experience. Our God cannot be bribed. His blessings cannot be bought. He is just and His judgment is without corruption. He is just. And that is cause for great joy. But see, here's the reality, and that is that because He is just, the standard of His acceptance as a just judge, His standard in the court of heaven 
will be and is perfection. Nothing short of it. He is just. It's perfection. Well, that's not very good news. People who are born in and guilty of sin. You see, the only remedy for our universal failure and rebellion is the perfection of Jesus Christ. The perfection of Jesus, which He performed. Which He performed for all who believe in Him. And which is given to us, His perfection given to us through the punishment of Jesus, which He endured on the cross. For all who believe in Him. Jesus' perfect obedience to God is not one remedy among many remedies. It is the only remedy in the face of a just God. You will not get there and charm your way in. Our God is the just judge of the nations. And that is really good news. That is really good news because God has made a way in Jesus Christ to be judged righteous. So God bless us in Christ Jesus and be gracious to us so that the nations would see your justice. And then thirdly, God wants to be known among the nations for His sovereign power. Not only does He judge the peoples with equity, but He guides the nations upon the earth. God is sovereign. God is the Creator, and God is the Sustainer, and He alone is the Sovereign One. And He establishes and He guides all nations. Acts chapter 17 verse 26 says, And He made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and boundaries of their dwelling places. Proverbs chapter 21 verse verse 1 says that the king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord, and He turns it wherever He will. What does God want the nations to know? God wants the nations to know His sovereign power. God aims to make Himself known as supremely sovereign among all the nations. That He and He alone rules the world. That He is the guide of the nations. That they are not sovereign. Only one is sovereign. And He sets the destiny of every nation. And part of that destiny is that they hear the gospel. And so to that end, Jesus said that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So go therefore and make disciples of all nations because all nations will hear. Jesus said, and behold, I, the sovereign one with all authority, I am with you always to the ends of the age. God wants to be known among the nations as the only true and living God. God wants to be known among the nations as the God of justice. God wants to be known among the nations 
for His sovereign power. And then fourthly, God wants to be known among the nations as gracious. In verse 5, let the peoples praise you, O God, let all the peoples praise you. Because the earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let the ends of the earth fear Him. What the psalmist is saying is that the graciousness of God is known to all nations through the common grace of His creation. That God has been gracious to all nations by providing for them. By blessing them in His provision and their increase. It's common grace. It's the common grace of God experienced by all people who've walked the face of the earth. That the earth has yielded its increase and it is the graciousness of God that has done it. But it's more than just the common grace of God. That's the starting point. God wants the nations to come to know the graciousness of God that is only known through His saving grace. Verse 2, that your way may be known on the earth, your saving power among all nations. You see, this is the good news of the gospel. The good news of the gospel is that God is gracious. And because He is gracious, He wants to be known by all peoples in all nations. Because God is gracious, He wants to be known by all peoples in all nations as the only true and living God. As the just judge of humanity. As the sovereign ruler of the world. And as the God of grace. God wants to be known among the nations so that the nations would sing of His praise. Mission exists because worship doesn't. Church, here's what this psalm tells us. It tells us that God has been gracious to you in Christ Jesus. Not just for your benefit, but for the sake of all people. I hope that that you begin to make this connection and it sinks into your heart. God has been gracious to you for the sake of all people. So that through you and His blessing on you, you could be a blessing to the nations. This is why we must have a missional heart. This is why we must pray prayers like this. God, bless us so that the nations may know you, the only true and living God who is just and sovereign and gracious, so that they may join through us in praising you. This is what it means to have a missional heart from the neighborhoods to the nations. So here's the question. How then, as a church, are we going to do this? How are we going to be blessed to be a blessing to the nations? We are the nations. This isn't just, let's let's go to Africa. This is, let's go across the street. They're all peoples. 
They're the nations. They don't yet know Him. From the neighborhoods to the nations, how are we going to do it? Church, we have failed to go to the neighborhoods. We have fallen short. So this year, your elders have spent time praying and thinking and strategizing strategizing on what it looks like, what it's going to look like for us as a church to go to the neighborhoods and to the nations so that all people may know Him and praise Him. And so when we think of the neighborhoods locally, what we have realized is that we want to meet needs. We want to meet the needs of those around us, and we want to meet them in three categories. We want to meet their physical needs. We want to meet the needs of society, and we want to meet spiritual needs. So how as a church will we meet the physical needs of those around us? Because let's just be honest for a second. The needs around us are great, and they are way more than we can meet. But we can meet the needs of a few. Who can meet the needs of a few? When we look at the physical needs around us, that seems overwhelming and daunting, we need to be reminded that we are a part of a, a collective group of churches in Shelby County, in Alabama, and in the nation that pools our resources so that through all of us, we can do more. And so we, this year, will work to meet the physical needs of those around us through a partnership with the Shelby Baptist Association, which we give every month. 69, 70 churches now are part of the Shelby Baptist Association. Give <laughs> for the cooperative effort of the Shelby Baptist Association that exists to, to partner with local churches to meet the needs in the community. And so we're going to partner with them in um, the mobile food pantry and the mobile dental clinic. Here's the way that will work. The way that works is, is that there will be certain days we're looking at once a quarter, hopefully, for the food pantry where a, a trailer full of food will be here and people in our community will come here to get food. They have to register for that. There'll be a website for them to go on and to register for that where we capture their information, capture their needs, their, their makeup of their family, um, their, their dietary requirements. And then they will come at the specific time to, to receive that food. And in that, we have the opportunity not just to, to give somebody a, a loaf of bread, but to share with them the bread of life. That's the point. And we meet physical needs so that they are a means for them to come to know the gospel of Jesus Christ. You'll hear more about that. We already have some dates set up for that. There'll be some training involved in that. We've tried this before. And um, not many stayed for the training. I hope that's different this time. 
Shelby Baptist Association also has a mobile dental clinic. This thing is worth like half a million dollars. It's incredible. Where people who need dental work can come and receive it free of charge. I see this much like my time in Belize at a medical clinic where you sit down and ask them these, all these medical questions and then you say, okay, I need to ask you some, some, uh, some questions, personal questions, and you start asking questions like what, kind, what, what church do you go to, these kind of things. And I always ended every one, last one of those with, in your opinion, what do you believe it takes for a person to go to heaven? So then they're not just coming meeting a, a physical physician, but they would meet the spiritual great physician of Jesus Christ. But listen, all of these are going to take all of our efforts. But it's worth it. It's worth it. We want to meet physical needs. We also want to meet the needs of society. And here's the way that I think of the needs of society primarily in the form of the family. The family is the building block of society. And so what we want to be as a church is, is a place that equips families, equips families to live for Christ Jesus. And so we're planning on doing that through um, a series of Saturday conferences, much like we had before, where we promote it to the community, where there's, there's banners up, there's mail-outs sent, there's promotion on social media to where on a Saturday we hold a parenting conference, we hold a marriage conference, and we hold a financial conference. And the hope is that those in the community who says, who say, my marriage needs help, they would come here and find in the gospel, in the truths of God's Word, the help that they need. Or they would say, my, my children, my parenting needs help, and they would come here and find that. Or my financial situation needs help, and they would come here and they would find that. That's our hope. Here's the good news. The good news is, is that if nobody from the community comes or one comes, we're still going to rejoice and be glad because I need help in parenting, I need help in my marriage, and I need help in my finances. We want to meet societal needs. If you're keeping up here, we've got four days of food pantry, one or two of a dental clinic, three of marriage conferences, all focused on outreach to the neighborhoods around us. I don't think that's too much to ask, but it's much more than we're doing now. And then lastly, we certainly want to meet the spiritual needs. We meet spiritual needs through the proclamation of the gospel to those around us. We meet spiritual needs through what we do here on Sunday mornings in worship. We want to build relationships with them through meeting their physical needs and their family needs so that they join here and receive the spiritual help that they need in the proclamation, the hearing of God's word. We do that through worship. We do that through community groups. We do that through Wednesday nights. Now, here's some dreams. You want to know some dreams? All of that... Listen, I, we, we had this conversation. We've, we, we polled a few people. I mean, we, we got it. We had to, we're, we're pulling back some because I got some dreams. I would love for our church to be a place that helps with tutoring. 
so that families who have kids that are struggling could come here and find help in their education. Because we have a number of teachers here that could help lead that. I'd love to see that happen. I would love to see this church be the church in Shelby County that offers gospel-centered foster care support. Because we, we have many families walk through that in this congregation. We're just looking at the makeup of our, we're looking at the makeup of our congregation and saying, God, who have you brought here and how can you use us? That's, what, that's, that's the questions we're asking. And then, and then thirdly, and we learning how great of a need it is to have a, a hearing-impaired ministry. We have those people here that can teach and lead, train, and support. The, the hearing-impaired people, I, I believe, are classified as an unreached people group. And they're all around us. Those are dreams. Those are dreams. We'd, I'd love to see those happen. The way these things happen is for you to begin to say, how has God blessed me so that I can be used as a blessing for His knowledge around the world? That's the questions we've got to be asking. And it's going to take a sacrifice. It's going to take some time. But missions exist because worship doesn't. God has blessed us so that we can be a blessing. That's the, the ways we're, we're looking just this year, the beginning of how we can bless the neighborhoods. How are we to bless the nations? Well, specifically, just one way this morning, there, there will be more because I, I'm not just me, but we, we as, as elders, we're pretty specific in international missions. We, we want ongoing partnerships that are local church centered. It's, it's not, it's, it's good, it's helpful to take a, a one-time mission trip into a place, you know, parachute in, not literally, we're not jumping from airplanes, but <laughs> land and do ministry there for five, six, seven days among a, a people group, get back on a plane, come back home and never have anything else to do with them, that God can use that. But I think the, the more biblical way is an ongoing relationship that is centered around the local church in that area. And so... Those are the things we look for. I would love to see that nationally, our church, partner with a church plant somewhere to help them. Um, but internationally, how, how can we do that? How can we build a, a relationship with a local church among the nations that's ongoing? Here's what I would like to see. This is my request, is that we formalize and build a relationship with the church in Gulu, Uganda. You know I've been there. I have a heart for those people there. Some of you have gone with me. There are two brothers there that are, have planted a church in Gulu City. It's hard to imagine Gulu City. Um, but they, they are um, Sunday and Agri. So this is, this is me with Sunday and Agri. Sunday is um, there with the bright blue shirt. Agri is there um, with the white shirt. They are faithful brothers proclaiming the gospel in Gulu. Um, elders of this church there in Gulu called Living Stones. They've been a part of another church that's at Abana's Hope. But they're in the process of becoming their own autonomous church. And 
I would like for our church to partner with the, the work that they are doing there in Gulu. And I'll, I'll tell you what that partnership looks like. That par- partnership looks like, and this is, this is from Agri um, himself. Agri says, these are young brothers in the ministry. They, he says, we need mentorship. We need mentorship. We need help just leading the church. And so I, I made a commitment to them that we have phone conversations every other week just to pray together, um, to help, help them. They're separating from a church. They've sort of almost been kind of a multi-site, and they're becoming their own autonomous church. Been there, done that, can help with that. Um, we get regular updates from them, regular prayer needs from them so that you're praying for them. They know you're praying for them. I had this conversation with, with them, and they got to rename their church. And Agri sent me a message and said, hey, the elders met, and we want to rename our church uh, Christ Central Community Church of Gulu. I said, it's a great name. That's why we picked it. But let's pump the brakes just a little bit and make sure it fits. Um, but we, I'd love to partner with them. I'd love for you to go with me there to serve with them. Um, Mark has worshipped with them. Conrad's worshipped with them. He knows them. It will include some level of financial support, um, but we'll, we'll let you know more of that later, what that looks like. Um, but the, the need is great in Africa, and, and these two brothers, they're some of the most um, solid theological guys that, that I've ever met. And they're doing a great ministry there. They just need help. They just need help. Um, so I'd love for us to partner with them internationally. The question that we put before you today from God's Word is for you to really give some thought. How has God blessed you so that you can be a blessing to the nations? My buddy Bobby said, across the street, and around the world. Across the street and around the world. God has blessed us to be a blessing so that the nations would know Him. And that should be our prayer. That's what it it means to have a, a missional heart. I'll give you one example. Just looking at your life and saying, how's God blessed me? Y'all know Casey and Amanda. You know their heart for mission, their time in Belize. Their love for Todd and Shirley Stone. I love for Todd and Shirley. I've known Todd and Shirley certainly most of my life now. And uh, the difficulties that, that Todd has experienced with the stroke. They were here last week. That was Todd and Shirley sitting in the back. I didn't, I didn't want to embarrass them or highlight them in any way, but that, that's Todd and Shirley. They're home because of Todd's stroke. And so God puts it on the heart of Danny, um, Casey's dad, and Teresa, and Casey and Amanda, how God has blessed them with land and property and relationships and connections with construction and abilities. And so they're building this, this mission house there to be a missionary respite home. 
that will be with Todd and, and Shirley for a while. Um, so this is it. These are some pictures of, of the progress. This is what we're asking you to give to today. We've been, we've been uh, telling you that we're going to take up a special love offering. So here's, here's how the house is looking. It's beautiful. Set right on the lake, right around the corner from Casey and Amanda's house. That's a big project. That started in the heart of a family. But look what God can do. There are people who have been blessed and who are now being a blessing. How can God use you? How can He use your life? How has He blessed you to, to be a blessing to others? Father, would you help us have a, a missional heart and live this way? You have blessed us. Countless ways, you have been gracious to us. You have made your face to shine upon us in the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You have made yourself known among us as the only true and living God, as the just judge, as the sovereign one who is full of grace. So God, through us, would the nations come to know you so that they could sing your praises? We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this Christ Central Church sermon series. To find our gathering location and more sermons, visit ChristCentralChurch.net.